What up, you knuckleheads? Hey, sorry for the delayed release. Mikey and I only just got home from a much-needed trip back home, and I thought I could squeeze this in on time, and I sorely misjudged how exhausting traveling would be. Anyways, here's a quick note that our pregame chit-chat here gets a little NSFW. And if you feel like skipping ahead, you could go ahead and jump to about the 12.5 to 13-minute mark to get right to Crescia. I'll talk to you soon. Enjoy. Previously on Knucklebones. Our hero's time in Tinctorum ended up being a little... Shut up, Max. A little more... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sorry. Were you in the middle of talking? Our hero's time in Tinctorum ended up being a little more intense than they had imagined it'd be. After fighting and killing a terrified insectoid creature that burst from the chest of a citizen of Tinctorum, our heroes desperately needed a rest. After a small bit of investigation into the creature, they got their rest. Miss B, the roadhouse owner, and Thelma returned in the morning with Ducky's other two children, an orc boy, Hank, and a tiefling girl, Oni. Miss B provided the group with a small thank you in the form of a meager few gold pieces and some travel rations. After a brief but heartfelt thank you from Thecla, Ducky's oldest daughter, the group hit the road again. They traveled through the day and ultimately reached the dingy city of Crescia, where their investigation into the meteor and the echoes has led them. Find out what happens now. On Knuckle Bones! You know, we were all butts. we're all worried about how we don't want to be just another beer and pretzels game making dick jokes, and yet here I am leading us all in a course <laughs> of every week, and I'm not beer sorry and pretzels. about it. It's all about absinthe and cliff bars, baby. <laughs> Max, your Eliza is showing. It's. I mean, I I'm normally the Pedialyte and peanut butter pretzel bits, uh, but you know, <laughs> I really, I. Really thought you called yourself a peanut butter pretzel bitch, and I was like, vibes. I mean, <laughs> I am a peanut butter pretzel bitch. It is little about nugs. 80% of little my pretzel diet. nugs. Oh, baby. Those motherfuckers are good, dude. Oh. Those little nugs. Hit me with them pretzel oh, nugs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fuck yeah. So I have 49 <laughs> servings. Oh, I'm going to be honest yes. with you. Any food you can turn into a nug, I just like 15% more. Like chicken breast, fine. Chicken nug, what's up? I've got to say the last time that I had those peanut butter pretzels, I got norovirus within 12 hours. So it wasn't I'm never nugs. having those bitches again. Nah, it wasn't the nugs. It was something you else. You know, I had a similar experience with pumpkin pie as a teenager. And I thought that I would never be able to recover from it. And I'm happy to say that after about... 10 years I gave it another go and it was all right. There's always a little bit of hesitancy, but there's still hope for you. You just have to get You got to balance out your nug game, dude. You got to get yourself some blackberries, some blueberries, or as I like to call them, immunity nugs. Mm. <laughs> immunity yep. nugs, yep. I'll, yep. I'll stick to my uh, my Oots pub mix. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you know also what you good. like, I guess. Yep. Oots pub mix. Oots pub. Oots pub. Hey, can we talk about something that I'm seeing a lot on the internet these days? Yeah, talk about them oots, baby. I'm just seeing on like dozens and dozens of forums and 
you guys can look this up, but I'm just going to bring it straight to you guys. There's a distinct lack of you guys having a collective team name, and I feel like that's something you guys need to talk about. And maybe, like, next time we meet up, you guys can have, like, a team, like a cool team name. How do you guys not have a team name? about this. I, it's not so much a team name, but you know, it's like every week when we introduce the group. The you know, Condors. Our, our party. Because <laughs> we're endangered? Like, what? Our <laughs> quartet. Well, that's what I mean. Like, the quartet, our heroes, our friends. And let me tell you something Babitha, Blep, Galtier, and Liza. That takes way too long to say. Time out. Time out. Galtier will not co sign on a quartet. There's no way that Blep is an equal member. <laughs> oh. Whoa! Blep, has, Blep has more kills to his name than all the rest of you guys combined. I do hey, have to say, I do think the name The Microbones, I think that could work. <laughs> Are you the ones they call the Microbones? Or the Knuckle Chips? I mean, the. <laughs> The question Master is, boners. do we want it? Do we want it to be an in-universe name? I, like, that was definitely what, is what the, I was what thinking. What is the in-canon but... explanation? Oh, like, for like, being like, well, that's what I call us a microbone. You see, I, like, I've been workshopping a new intro to the podcast. Oh, um, let's hear it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, where yeah. you do something besides saying butts? You know, when I'm I say butts, intro, but like, yeah, when let's... I say intro, I actually mean uh, a, a greeting. And I was like, how do we make sure that we're really being inclusive? How do we reach of, these kids? Of, you know, how do we reach these kids? Whenever I have like a bad day, or not a bad day, but just like a bad momentary interaction with the kids. No, I, I do say <laughs> to my, when like a kid is being kind of shitty to me, I just go, how do I reach these kids? And, <laughs> and, and I can't say it out loud because like, then I have to explain to these children that right. I, I'm making an awful joke about an awful episode of an awful TV show. Michael, let's, let's hear this new intro that you've been working on. I'm, I'm all, all right. ears. You heard right, it here first, ready. folks. <sighs> Bone boys, Galadies, Osteo, Enbies, Trans Taluses, and all the cartilaginous folks in between, welcome to Knuckle Bones. Oh. I've got to say, beautiful. so many of those words just ran together. I did not understand them. I don't I know. I heard Enbies and Trans. Do you have to have a doctorate degree to understand what's going on? <laughs> we got Bone Boys. Uh huh. We got Galadies. That's, that's you. We got Osteo Enbies. Okay, okay. Question mark. Trans taluses. Do you know? Do you know what NB is? It's Nick. Do you guys not? You guys don't know what NB is? No. No, like that's non-binary, but it's. Yeah. But oh. all of these, all of these uh, words are have to do with <laughs> bones, right? Yes. yes. Okay. What's your no, osteo. osteo? Osteo is the prefix for bone. Yeah. Yeah. Osteo. Trans taluses. Uh-huh. Okay, I like it. I'm into it. And all the cartilaginous folks in between. Sharks. Sharks, absolutely. And nothing I would else. never exclude my baby sharks. <laughs> and nothing else. <laughs> Are there any and other nothing. cartilaginous but, creatures? But, wait a minute. What about our chitin kids? Shit! Oh, yeah, we gotta add the chitin kids. Damn it. <laughs> well, all you have God. to do is. All you... <laughs> okay, so simply, simply Just get a so grip angry. on your pencil and scribe upon the paper following the last words. Oh, fuck! <laughs> Just kind kids, kind kids, damn! How do I reach these kind kids? 
<laughs> Teen Titans. Teen Titans. <laughs> Teen Titans, go. <laughs> oh, holy right, shit. Oh, actually, Kitans. no, I should say it correctly. Teen Titans. <laughs> do you that guys that remember better. that show? Nah. We're not children. Oh, Max. no, that. I, I do remember it. Are you making that up? That's some Mandela effect stuff, Matt. You don't remember that. Dude, Teen Titans was like one of the weird, one of those uh, shows that is absolutely for kids that is like surprisingly good. Mm-hmm. Steven Universe. It's, also it's extremely that... dirty. Like Teen Starfire Titans? is, Starfire is straight up like an awful incel, like virginal, uh, like fucking weird thing that some incel wrote and drew and uh, everything, but. Yeah. Um, now hold on a second. Slaps. There's a lot of there's a lot of fan bases that I'm willing to disparage and and have not on our side. I don't know that that's one of them. The incels? They are traditionally a very angry group. Okay, oh. look, oh, I'm gonna I you know I've put a lot of effort into you know retaining my safety on this show. Oh, yeah. the, the guy with the here. American flag background <laughs> won't won't attack ahead. the incels. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and just say. Uh, if you are an incel, don't listen to our podcast. Go on um, it. We don't want you here. I okay. Because you're a bad person. I do not negotiate with terrorists. Yep. Yep. So as somebody, uh, I will say, as somebody who uh, was pre-inceletic uh, <laughs> up until I'm the sorry. age of probably 19. Oh, like pre-diabetic, I... but also an incel. Uh <laughs> <laughs> until the age of like 19 and then uh, a person like pulled me aside and was like hey man you fucking suck and i was like oh cool and then i reevaluated my whole life um you hey, know kudos to that person and hey, kudos yeah, to I, you for being receptive to that at 19 i was saying yeah. max i i yeah 100 i had uh, my fair share of milady moments absolutely oh, god oh, i god. yeah what are you I guys said even talking about so because, that's that's honey the the fact that we've been together since we were 16 means that you just you just skated through life without even having to worry about making those kinds of faux pas. So, Nick, you knew these guys in high school, though. This is the guy who oh, absolutely. Can't, can't get any girls, right? And they think it's because, like, women are all bitches and they're all stupid sluts who won't sleep with me. But they deserve a good guy like me when actually that guy's like a fat piece of shit who doesn't work on his social skills or you know, take care of himself or isn't I'm, kind I'm, to people, but yeah. views sex totally transactionally. Uh-huh. That's what so, we're talking about. So think guys. of uh, yeah, Dustin like Diamond guys. circa 2010 on MTV. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. I, I see the differentiation. I guess I was looking at it from yeah. the angle of like the de- literal definition doesn't inherently oh, make no, no, bad no. people. But no, but yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just a no, sad so if life. you are but a the difference member the difference is that these are the people who part of their identity is self-identifying as a person who is involuntary because what they're saying is i'm really great if only someone would have sex with me and that's Mm -hmm. where it gets gross and and so like i could fuck all these ladies but it's their fault that i uh that i'm not (laughs) desirable like i'm so great and they're all dumb bitches which is why they don't like it's all right we've spent enough time disparaging Let's no, move. Man. Let's move ourselves. You spent seventeen hundred dollars on a real doll. You're not a dude that's <laughs> desirable. Like, sorry. Dude, I mean, there's the nothing wrong with people who buy real dolls if it's like a if it's a certain situation. But like, seriously, dude, if that's like, I I have to say, like, truly, while I agree hypothetically, like, do whatever freaky sex stuff you're into as long as you're not hurting anybody, right? Yeah. 
there is nobody who actually owns a real doll that can justify it. Right? Because like, it's, they literally objectify women to the point that they have to just buy one. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like at some yeah, point it's some true. straight up soylent green women or furniture shit. Like I mean, I just it's too like, far. What is, that's very what's true. the how? What's the progression here though? Because I don't know what all is available to you guys. I feel like I'm aware of like there's of three tiers, right? You got the. All right, we're going in left field here. <laughs> Speak, speaking of dolls, you know who else nope. is a doll? Blep is a doll. Blep is just a doll. Okay. <laughs> Poor sweet doll. Blep. So. I just, I just want to say i just want to hug him uh so the the end goal uh for me so on hard. this podcast is uh is blep <laughs> getting his own bad dragon flashlight <laughs> i was just hoping for a blep body pillow but yeah okay <laughs> if we can brand a blep bad dragon thing hell yeah let's get on to the shitty city of kresha how's that sound Right off the bat, let's oh, revisit. That's what we're here for. Let's revisit uh, this introduction here to Kresha. Let's get you guys. Ro what? What? Uh, roll for what? D4. <laughs> what? Sorry, I was gonna say roll for D4 and throw my thing across <laughs> the room again. Uh, <laughs> just restart the whole session. <laughs> let's just get you guys refamiliarized with Kresha, and then we'll we'll talk about what you guys are gonna do here. Um, so, are there owl bears here? I don't know. That might be something worth investigating. Kresha is a far more modern city than Madrigal, at least on the surface. Steel structures, many stories tall, line the streets. It, right now, it's kind of a dingy city, but it is very big. Once upon a time, maybe Kresha was a beautiful city, but now the structures all show signs of long-term deterioration, like rust and grime and broken windows. More than once, you pass under lines holding drying laundry strung across the streets. Once one of the nearest major strongholds to Madrigal, now Crescians find themselves struggling to live in the shadow of the great city. They're persistent rivals, and Crescia self-identifies as an independent city-state, quote-unquote, due to lack of support from Madrigal. The home road through Crescia is well-maintained, despite the deteriorating conditions of the other roads in the city. A significant number of buildings in Crescia stretch towards the sky, and in the city's heyday, it would have been inviting. Now, they only cast gloomy and... I already said all that shit anyways. <laughs> <laughs> as you enter the city, you see, as you guys are making your way into the city, there's, it's not a walled city like Madrigal. It's just kind of like, hey, come on in. Um, you, as you guys make your way into the city, you see like just a few yards down an alley. This is early evening time right now. Um, you happen to glance down an alley and there's just a goblin standing on another goblin's shoulders as it's leaning into a dumpster. In a rummaging. trench coat, in a trench coat, in a trench coat. In a trench coat. And it's and it's <laughs> and it's like rummaging through a dumpster and it's throwing throwing stuff onto the ground, garbage onto the ground. And on that note, as you guys are looking around, like the streets of Kresha are like there's piles of garbage all over the place that just haven't been cleaned up. It's a very dirty city from what you guys are seeing what a beautiful sight for me to see <laughs> one thing that strikes you so many places to hide particularly curious <laughs> people in Kresha that you're seeing they don't seem as perturbed by the echoes that are walking in the streets Kreshans probably exist in this fight or flight existence and the idea of like just another threat or just something else that's gonna make their lives more miserable doesn't really affect them so we get the impression that they're pretty okay with it. You get the impression that they're all right with it. Okay. 
This is essentially Thebes from Hercules. Was it before or after the fire? It was after the fire, but before the flood and after the earthquake. Uh-huh. Nonstop. Uh-huh. That sounds right. Nick. Yeah. How how much like what's the technological gap from magical to Crescia? Like how modern are we talking in Crescia? So here's the thing is it, it, as far as tech technology goes i wouldn't necessarily use that term right like this isn't there's not like surveillance cameras and street lights although there are street lights they're just like oil lights and they haven't been lit in who knows how long but there's not like uh, there's not like a radio shack here right it's but we are talking like industrial revolution ish we got oil lamps and shit yeah you're definitely seeing that the buildings here these are steel structures that were that were forged at some point like i-beams and steel doors in places and it almost looks like what we would consider to be a modern city except like i said no technology per se actually all three of you guys if you want to you guys can do a history check i think that it would probably be more towards something that galtier would know galtier you could take a bonus roll an advantage actually on your history check thank god um that's it. I'm going to I'm going to not use my thing, so I'm just going to stick with my 14. 14. Yeah, so the thing about Crescia is that when Madrigal was built, the dwarves built Madrigal about 20 generations ago, give or take. It's kind of hard to say. When the dwarves Damn. built Madrigal, they concurrently um human generations? Or... Yes. Cool. Oh. Good good good, good question though, yeah. Um so when the dwarves built madrigal roughly 20 human generations ago they concurrently built crescia and the idea was that these two cities were going to be crafted in two different ways with all of the technology and all of the craftsmanship that the dwarves were capable of so being the competent miners that they were they built one city out of the stone and brick and clay of clayton springs and they built a second city out of you don't know where but Basically, they mined ore and smelted ore and built a city, what we would probably perceive as more modern. And that said, 20 generations of lack of care and not maintaining steel and a deteriorate. Whereas 20 generations of not taking care of rocks, Madrigal is still just as beautiful as the day it was built. That's really interesting. Um, It also just kind of shows like a general... Uh, a very relatable human existence in this world here of like, guys, this is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> I mean, we made us these cities. <laughs> yeah, you have to make it maintenance free or it's going to get messed up. Um, So here in Crescia, we are still within the kingdom of Madrigal, correct? Yes. Or is Crescia its own kind of... Okay, no, Madrigal... It's like its own little like dukedom or whatever. Mad- the kingdom of Madrigal stretches this entire central region of Arbalea. It okay. is one of the main kingdoms, but the city of Madrigal is the stronghold of the kingdom. Gotcha. Great. <clears throat> um, and Crescia so- is the kind of place that... It's, it's on the home road, so people come through it pretty regularly. That's why the road is still maintained. That is, the road was also built roughly 20 generations ago as a way to connect everything to Madrigal. The city of Crescia has essentially fallen. It's not really a desirable place to be anymore. So people still pass through it, but it's a place that you go through, not a place you go to. Mm. 
Is there, what kind of, like, industry is left? Like, is it still, like, a mining and, like, smithing community? Or is it just kind of a small town where everybody just subsists on whatever they gotta do? Yeah, that's basically it. Is It's kind of an everyman-for-yourself kind of feel. And you guys get that right away walking in, that there's there's people that are carrying on, but they're just kind of living this miserable, barely existing life. Um, that said, there are, like, shops and things that are open, as you guys are headed down this street that you guys see, I wouldn't say that there's bustling activity, but there's people going in and out of shops. Um, not by the handfuls, like I said, but. You said that um, people here don't seem as perturbed by these echoes. Are they at an equal sort of density relative to the population? And do they seem to be doing sort of the same stuff? Like, do we feel like it's occurring here the same way it was happening in Madrigal, whatever it is? Yeah. So in Madrigal, the impression you were getting from from the echoes that you were seeing were like they didn't want to be seen, kind of. Um, they were kind of like sulking around and and trying to move in the shadows, sort of. And here it's just like all the people that don't care that the echoes are there. The echoes similarly don't seem to like react to the people. Can Liza do like a, I don't know, perception check, insight check to see if there's anyone that is freaked out? Or like, not necessarily freaked out, but is more acknowledging them than others? Yeah, sure. 15. 15. You look around as you guys are like entering this slightly busier alleyway or the slightly busier area of the road. And as you're looking around to see if anybody is taking any particular note, you just, you kind of lock eyes with one person who is like sidling down an alleyway and this uh this person just looks at you and shows you his teeth and turns back and sulks back down in the shadows you don't see anything that really stands out as anybody caring about this okay well i'm i am immediately intrigued by that motherfucker and i am going to uh just straight up i immediately am way too way too intrigued to just there is a beast man who showed his teeth. I'm gonna go follow that motherfucker. What a weird situation I'm going. And I'm gonna uh, like stealth in behind him. <laughs> okay. To so basically find out like what the fuck is going on because I haven't had someone bare their teeth at me before in a long time at least. So you guys are sort of on this main road. This is the same road that travels through Crescia towards Madrigal and towards Delane towards the north. Hmm. And off to the side are these different shops that are sort of open. And there's alleyways that span between some of the buildings. And this guy happens to be sulking down one. And he's trying to, like, sidle up against this kind of brick wall and, and sneak his way off down into the alley. Okay, can I do, like, a stealth check to follow in behind him? Yeah, I don't even think that you'd need to roll, really. He's he's kind of bars his teeth at you. And then he immediately turns back and starts to starts to walk away again and... He's wearing this like long trench coat type thing, but you can tell that it's really filthy and he's got like this shaved bald head. Is he an incel? Do I can I do a perception check or an insight check? You can do an incel check. Oh, okay. <laughs> Come on. Got what, one. What do I have to roll oh, to figure out if this is Billy Zane? That's crazy. I just got a sixty nine. <laughs> On a D twenty? <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. Why? Nice. Nice, nice, nice. He's nice, 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 nice. He's inceling uh, hard. Oh, fuck. Uh, Can you well, 69 yourself? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Nine. That's just Dandy? a nine. 
I think technically, zero, would that be but... an eight? <laughs> How Wait, would an you... eight? Yeah, because that, it would be like an infinity symbol. It's like a never-ending snake. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to make myself an eight really quick. <laughs> I don't understand why we're just ignoring that zero is a shape we have available. <laughs> Just a nice little loop. That's a sexy because number. Because your legs. That's a because sexy number. Because where do your number. legs go? Just a zero. Where do your legs go, Matt? Where are your legs? Hey, <laughs> some people are more flexible than others. I mean, if you're technically a pretzel. <laughs> I mean, I would say like this. you're full on Ouroboros. You, you put your legs in your, your own, own asshole, obviously. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. I twist myself 180 <laughs> degrees and then do the same thing. Like some kind of weird topology equation. To make eight. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great to be Stretch Armstrong? What do you do to this guy in the alleyway? <laughs> 69. Um, you know. No, I uh, I sit him aside and I'm like, hey man, you suck. Uh, we need to talk about this. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, there was a bully named Max. Um, I tell you about him because he was he sucked, and I think I see a lot of the same features in you as I see with this young boy. Um, <laughs> um, no, I I'm gonna just follow him and see where what's going on because. Of everyone that I've seen, nobody has really acknowledged us as a group or even me individually. So him, I'm assuming it's a, 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 a him, acknowledged me. And like you said, in a fight or flight kind of area, he kind of did both. And that's intriguing. So I'm just following. What's your end game here? Because he's, so what he's going to do is he's trying to effectively sneak down the alleyway in a way. Um, depending on how long you follow him, you see him just take these twists and turns and tr he tries to stay in the alleyways rather than on the main streets. He's walking around and sort of leaping over these piles of trash and broken furniture, things that are just kind of strewn about in these dingy alleys. I'll follow him for about 60 seconds and tell the group I will, like, I, the group was just walking along this main, like, this main alley rather than like a side alley, correct? Yeah. Like our group. When, when you cut off, they were still on the main road. Yeah. Then I'm just going to follow him for about 60 seconds, kind of seeing the general direction that he's going. And then I'm going to meet back up with him on the, on the road. Just because I want to get a general sense of like something in this general direction is is interesting in my mind. Roll an insight really quick. Dirty 13. Dirty 13. The Just looking at this guy and the way that he's moving and the way that he's trying to sulk his way away and given what you've seen on this main road he's probably just a homeless guy do i see a lot of other homeless people in the area like like in if i'm walking down the main road and kind of like glancing down these alleys are there a lot of people who are just kind of like downtrodden in these alleys yeah as you like look around this the way that this guy seems to be going it's almost like there's more and more as you guys are progressing deeper into the city away from the home road like Mm. following for about 60 seconds you don't see many and then you start to see one here and one there and then after this minute of following him you're starting to see like lean twos made out of canvases and burlap and um, gotcha. not groups of people but more homeless people okay liza kind of sees this and and knows from their past kind of being on the outskirts of society and kind of uh not really having a place to stay or, or anything like that, basically being homeless for much of their life up until like their teens. They know that being by yourself 
in a in a homeless like in in not necessarily in a homeless but like in some of these back alleys it can be dangerous so you you should probably be in groups so they're just going to turn around and just kind of be like eh, this isn't this isn't the day for this and go meet up with the rest of the group and just be like maybe we should uh not do what i just did <laughs> splitting the party I'm, no I'm, it's always a good idea i'm thinking what i just did kind of dumb Believe it or not. <laughs> while Liza has run off, Galtier will turn to Babbitt and be like, Now, you should normally just run off uh, every time you arrive in a new city. Is this a normal behavior for your dear friend here? Well, they are easily uh, captivated. Uh, it, ten- it tends to be that if Liza sees something worth pursuing, they have good reason for it. And I've just learned not to question it. I mean, Black doesn't. Black- we've lost both of them good lord you know he he always finds his way home it's not worth oh it's not worth bragging about he'll be back and as uh as babatha is saying they are easily distracted i'm just gonna be like especially by cuties you know like finding the occasional paramours Absolutely. Yeah, that's... It never ends well. I'm just going to say but that now. now. Of, it never of course, ends well. A, a distraction <sighs> that has befallen many a heart, but you should warn your compatriots. We could make sure you aren't taken advantage of in some way. We don't oh, know these I'm... people, and these accommodations are, frankly, disturbing. I, mean, I just imagine Liza immediately like shifting awkwardly into like a very large, intimidating man and being like, he's fine. <laughs> yeah i think or better think, and even large a large intimidating woman yeah i i think the With the thing beard. that the thing that liza kind of likes to do is is be the um easy mark because they know that everyone else is usually the easy mark liza doesn't like being the larger figure that people think they can take advantage of they like to be the one that people think they can take advantage of so that's more the strategy but makes much they, more sense i mean they can always be the one that scares other people so so welcome to crescia first of all what do you guys want to do here just to lay out your your kind of mission at the moment is first of all king ector towards you to seek out mayor sherrington in hopes that you could get some information about the meteor that you guys saw fall somewhere in this general region of the world but you also have thelma with you who was willing to lead you guys towards her home, towards her pop, her boss. That said, you guys also have the option of getting drunk at a tavern, classic, doing a little bit of shopping in some of these meager shops that exist here. What's What do you guys shopping need to do or gosh. want to do? Now, it seems like it would behoove us a bit to uh, perhaps check in with the figures of authority here in Crusher before we do our underworld dealings. That way we have a, a bit of an insulation. Um, alternatively, we may want to dispose of Thelma before she knows that we're working with the locals. I'm sorry, you're working with who? I thought we sent Thelma on her way already. She's no, still she, with us? She's staying with us. Shit. Well, I mean, it's up to because... you guys if you... Because she was willing to show you... She, take you guys towards pops but if you guys don't want to go there she'll peel off and go over 
um, into her. Well, own thing. I was. I mean, I was certainly trying to whisper this to Gaultier, but okay. Sorry, that's just, just Matt having just a terrible around. memory. <laughs> um, I forgot she was. I thought we had already told her to like run ahead and set things up, and that we were going to get. Uh, maybe we just concern, talked about that and didn't yeah, do it. Yeah, but my concern um, with that was that like, what if Willow was there? Real Willow. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. Um, okay. Do we want to? I think it makes some some sense to make sure we let the mayor know that like we're in town and we're going to be doing some potentially shady stuff because he might want to get intel on pops and we could do him a favor. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but we need to do that discreetly so that we can still go see pops, not have learned anything or alternatively risk it with the mayor. Right. And hope that he doesn't have people watching, you know, new adventurers coming to the city and immediately meeting with a crime boss, which could mm-hmm. make our, mayor objective slightly more difficult yeah sure is there uh, do we know narrator like where the mayor is i'm presuming that each of us has been in Kresha before uh or at least um certainly some of us have it doesn't seem like this is you know an outrageous like trek from madrigal which obviously wasn't an outrageous trek from you know, wherever we all originated, but um, I don't want to speak for anybody's characters. One of the interesting things about Kresha that you guys, whether or not you have passed through or not, if you've been to Madrigal, the general layout of this city is, because it's effectively a twin city of Madrigal, is very similar. Got it. Not necessarily identical, but a lot of the features and roadways. quarters of like... Yeah, yeah, exactly. They feel very similar. So the the thought that, that you would have is that, like, head towards where you think the castle would be, and that would probably um, lead you toward at least some form of, of leadership. Otherwise, you could ask. Because my thoughts, guys, would be, like, let's get as close to the castle as possible, and then some of us split off with Thelma at a pub while Gaultier, you know, and maybe one other, even if it's, like, Gaultier and Blep, even though... Gaultier would hate that. I absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> goes to the mayor just so that we can kind of keep Thelma. Like, we can tell Thelma, like, we have a contact in the mayor's, you know, you know, whatever. And we can't all just walk in there and make so, a big thing. So I will say, Liza, Liza's number one thing is that they like to... They like to make a quick buck off of easy marks, whether or not that is at a tavern or a or a shop or even occasionally a fence that they find. They don't like fucking with fences all that much just because word can spread quickly. But Liza hasn't been to Kresha in... Liza has never been to Kresha, despite kind of it being a place that they would kind of thrive. But they want to make sure that they can get a little bit of spending money in the area. So they're going to take this, uh, they have a useless dagger that they actually got in a previous episode and they are going to try and find a merchant or a fence that they know of to upsell on this worthless item and try and uh, convince the person that it's it's worth uh, a bit more than it actually is. That sounds like a great task that Thelma could help you with. Yes. While Babatha escorted Gaultier, mm-hmm. and Blep does whatever Blep does. 
Yep. Yeah, where is because that? Because then, because, because theoretically, Thelma would know of fences or of merchants in the area. <laughs> I know just the shop we can go to. Tr truthfully, in this city, um, Black would probably stick with Babitha. Like, this isn't a, a, I mean, he's a, he's a grung. He stands out, and this is not the kind of place that you want to stand out, so. So where do you guys want to go first? Do you want to check out the courthouse, or do you want to, uh, Thelma will lead you. I guess Thelma is, is a local here, and Thelma could point out the general direction towards Mayor Sherrington. I don't know why you guys didn't think about that. I would say courthouse first. Mayor. Mayor first. Well, if we're going to uh, split ourselves up, perhaps we should have a rendezvous point. Is there a particular tavern in the area, Thelma, where we could uh, establish ourselves a little base of operations, so to speak? Well, the one that I like to get at is the romp house. It's a nice one down. Excuse me, the what? I think you heard me. The romp house. It's just around that corner there, actually. It's pretty close to where we are now. Oh, yes, I the presume romp that house. rooms are all hourly. <laughs> you think they have rooms? It's just beds. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> oh, my God. Is this the same chain as part of Club Sesso? <laughs> <laughs> my personality has been discovered. <laughs> You're really showing your true colors tonight, man. So anyways, like I was saying, the romp house. It's just uh, two blocks over and then one to the east. You'll, you can't miss the romp house. As she walks you guys down two blocks and then points over to this giant sign that's just like hand-painted like with a three-inch wide paintbrush that just says romp house in big white letters. Romp house. So yeah, you guys can establish a rendezvous point in time. Like I said, it's late or early evening right now so you guys can do go wherever you want do whatever you want you guys know where you're gonna meet up upon seeing that gautier will sort of like clap liza on their shoulder and he will just big shit and grin be like well i suppose you got your work cut out for yourself tonight uh <laughs> auntie babatha and i will be on uh, other business good luck <laughs> i mean i might as well break a couple personal records while i'm here why not right well, whatever it is oh, you need to do, I'm so glad I will not be party to it. Man's all right. Let's go do something that requires us to play some D&D. &D. We go to the mayor. So Thelma, Thelma lets you guys know, or, or a local, as if you guys don't want to tell Thelma, whatever. So yeah, you want to look for the courthouse is what Thelma is telling you. That's where the mayor hangs out. That's where the all of the business of the city be what it may comes from and goes to there. So walking that general direction, you guys see that this used to be where you're walking. It's pretty apparent as you get close that this was like the biggest building in this entire city. And the city is made of like pretty large buildings, but somehow a long time ago, like the top half of the building sheared off and fell over. And it's now kind of like precariously resting on the building next to it. It's the top half is like, halfway still attached to the original building and then it's almost like bridging over to the next the next one over so despite this the path that leads up to the entrance of the courthouse um it's kept in fairly decent condition and it leads to this a decent semi-sized circular court that's about 90 feet or so and it's all lined with this really nice smooth quartz stone which also is grimy and dingy there's a, there's a big statue, too, a, a set of statues in this courtyard 
that are immediately familiar as the same two statues that stand at the entrance to Castle Madrigal that are standing in this in this pool of still water that's grimy and overgrown and moldy and on the far side is the entrance that is sheathed in this smooth rusting decaying metal Uh, there um so it's just a set of doors are there like guards or anything or is it just open can we just roll up in there yeah Yeah, there's What's what's the kind of vibe of this place does it seem sort of like I don't know, does it seem like a seat, like a city capital for military presence, or is it pretty chill like the rest of Crush has been? It, it seems pretty chill, like, yeah. are we walking into the Mad Hatter's Tea Party, or are we walking into <laughs> people doing the best they can with what's available to them, you know? Like, what's the vibe I, I mean, here? I think I think that's going to be your over overarching vibe here in Crescia, is like, this is the hand that we got dealt, and we're doing the, the best that we can with it. So there is doors, and the building is is rather large, but there's nobody guarding it. There's no reason you can't go in. Walking walking up to the doors, maybe they had some glass in them at one point, but now they're just kind of covered up with with boards and sheaths of metal that scraps of metal that they had found or something like that. In in the nicest way that they could, it's not just like slapped on all shitty, but it is pieced together. Try to head on inside. See if we can find this uh The doors creak horribly as you enter them. And you enter the courthouse onto essentially a reception desk. And even even in this early evening time, there is a, a, a crony old woman with graying hair sitting behind the desk. Uh, she's writing, writing on some papers as you guys walk in. Hey, come on in. Oh, hello, hello. Thank you so much for having us. Uh, we're here to see uh, uh, Mayor Sherrington on behalf of the King of Madrigal. Gautier oh, Desimo and my, uh, uh, my my friend here, Babitha Burbage. You may have received word. Well, I haven't heard anything about anybody coming from out of town. She pulls a cigarette out from under her desk, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and yet here we are. <laughs> Now, darling, if you could just let us in there. It's quite urgent. I don't know if you've seen that there are things exploding in the sky. There are, you know, excuse me, purpley, ghostly things walking around outside. Things are a little bit, how would you say, urgent. Yes, uh, I believe that's that's exactly what I said. The specters don't even bother anybody. You say you're from. You say the king sent you. Do you have any way? To prove that, why? Well, well, yes, the of course. Writ, of course. Okay, you guys seem legit. If you say you have a writ, <laughs> I hope we'll produce the writ. <laughs> most of the people that come, <laughs> most. Oh yeah, hit them with hit them with that foley. <laughs> most folks don't even you know what a writ is. I, I don't wait. I don't. Under, oh wait, you. I've been working in the courthouse for sixty-six years, and More most people don't writs? even know what a writ is. Ooh, oh, you've got twelve <laughs> of them, thirteen of them, fourteen of them. That's so many writs. Oh, honey, oh, honey, tell me about all those letters you writ to my boy. Tell me all those writ letters that she, you writ. She steps I wrote up from her. you a letter her. every day for a year, for a year. No post on Sunday. She hops up from her chair, and you see her like limping and she grabs a back and she walks through this door that's behind her she just kind of gestures at you guys one minute one minute and we'll flash over really quick to liza and thelma who are walking into an 
an unmarked, inconspicuous, boarded-up building. Just trust me. Is this like a speakeasy, but a but a market? Yeah, that sounds right. Okay, I did not realize you saw me like that, Thelma. I we didn't really talk about it, but I mean, they've got hourly, they've got daily, they've got weekly. So it's just whatever you want. That's that's impressive stamina. Weekly. <laughs> so you guys walk into the to the romp house, and there is. Uh, like immediately on the left, there is like a, a few like tables with weird folding chairs that are just kind. Of, it's like a scrapped together kind of eating and drinking area. And there's a couple of people that are playing a card game on one of the tables. And going in, you see that there's like a counter where you would order your food and things, but there's also like um, shelves behind the counter that are sort of stocked with a bunch of just like random knickknacks and things. There's some weapons, there's some gear, there's some like herbs and spices and some medicines. It's just kind of a random assortment of things. Ooh, what a, uh, you have a fine selection here, my friend. I mean, what, uh, what would you say your, actually, I won't ask what your clientele is. I, I understand the need for confidentiality, but <laughs> I will say, money, that's um, what we say. Okay, I really appreciate that. Well, I, I do think we will find ourselves in a very advantageous situation for both of us because I just came across this dagger a couple days ago and it is, um, it's actually formerly owned by an Oath Knight. Excuse me? That's a, that's a big deal if you don't this, know. This guy um, leans over the counter real it's close. A, it's a dagger formerly owned. Did you kill him? He's got a little smirk on his face. I mean, I wouldn't say that I killed him. And uh, Liza just gives like a little wink. <laughs> and it's just like, I, I, I would say, I would say that he died and I was around. <laughs> is that, would you, is that? Yeah, no, I get yeah. what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I'm into it. I'm into it. Let me take a look at it. Okay. He, he grabs the knife from this you. Straight up, full disclosure. This is a. This is a. This is just a dagger. <laughs> like this is straight up salesmanship. This is a shitty player's handbook Bullshit. dagger. He. One hundred percent. And he he flips it in his hand and he does like a couple of kind of fancy little dagger tricks with it, and then he looks at it and he says, "Half a gram light on the backside." Can't believe that the kingdom's giving him this shitty equality anymore. <laughs> Can you believe? Oh, do you not see the the micro engravings along the uh, the back half, and the and the uh, horizontal engravings on the front half? He's looking at it. Those are actually extremely important for when you actually when you stab. Instead of having to twist, those little engravings actually cause micro uh, micro fissures in the uh, in the skin, and it causes. Uh, extra bleeding on the pull out so you don't have to twist you just go in out and it's a specific uh, blacksmith uh, in the central kingdom that actually does these they, it's very very hard to find this type of work it looks normal that's the that's the crazy thing that it looks normal completely normal looks entirely shitty do not let that deceive you roll a persuasion or deception well, I, you know, it does look pretty basic, but wow, I guess their scientists really know what they're doing over there, don't they? Hmm. They really do. He's like pulling it back and forth from his eyes, trying to get a better look. Wow. 
That's a 19. Wow, that's pretty nice. So, uh, what are you trying to do? Trying to sell it or are you trying to pawn it? I mean, I think a pawn. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, this is a good piece. I don't want to fully let oh, it yeah, go. Oh, yeah, no, I can I tell. Look, I'm not able... going to try to cheap you out on this one. This is, I can see those micro-inclusions, whatever you called those. Yeah, yeah. right there. Yeah. Those little droplets of blood in them yeah. still, even. Yeah, look at you go. Um, I mean, I, 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 personally, I think, I mean, based off of the rest of the equipment that I was able to sell, um, down in Tinctorum, uh, and you know, they have, they have, uh, they're, they're so good with their, with their tinkering down there. They're, they're, they really know their craftsmanship. So they were able to pay a premium. I would say 12 to 15 gold pieces for this, uh, dagger is pretty fair. I would say. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm in the ballpark at seven gold pieces. That's. <laughs> Are you kidding me? If look, you if you've got if you've got honey, okay, honey, honey, say, honey, look around you. Uh, Liza, as soon as the word honey comes out of his mouth, get up. Their eyes go black. <laughs> yes. And they just go, oh. I I did not realize that we were on those kind of terms. Okay, well, um, if. If that's the the word that you think, uh, if, if we're such good friends here, I might as well give it to you for, I don't know, one gold piece. And and do you want to go in the room and and maybe I fuck you or you fuck me? I don't know. It, <laughs> when when you was the, use the word honey, I assume we're about to fuck, and you're either going to lick my asshole or suck my dick. So how about you choose? I mean, one gold piece and you lick my asshole. Is that does that sound good to you? Well, frankly, Thelma no. Is dying. <laughs> Thelma is cracking up, and just clearly, she's got her back turned to you, like ostensibly looking at something, but she's not even trying to like subdue the cackling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, now that doesn't really seem. That's not really. Nah, I'm not into that sort of thing. Hey, I got a better idea. All right, I, I get you. I get. Mm -hmm. I feel you. I get you. Oh, you How do. How about this? Let's let's try this one. Eight gold pieces, and you drink for the night. It's a good deal. It's a good deal. It's a good deal. It's a good deal. I'll do ten, and my friends who are currently working with the mayor. Don't have to know about this because from where i'm sitting i can go down to tinctorum and get 15 gold pieces i just need the money now i can take this home and you will easily get 25 gold pieces for this piece it's easy you're throwing money away by turning a customer like it's me the lack away. of and clientele that i'm worried friends. about but look okay yeah what yeah okay Okay. Okay. You're concerned about clientele? Well, I'm more is, concerned is about not doing I'm enough more work for you. about the mayor, and I'm not particularly pleased with being threatened. So here's your ten. I'll take your knife. Thanks, and Thelma, Thelma, I, I really appreciate Thelma, it. Thelma, don't bring these kinds of people around here anymore. You, know, this isn't how I do business. How was I supposed to know? Liza turns back and goes, "Oh, honey, these kinds of people." And again. <laughs> 
eyes go red and they go, I don't think I'm exactly the type of person that you think I am. I, I play both sides of the aisle. I think someone like me is quite valuable. And I, I, I would assume a, a smart businessman like you would understand that I am quite valuable. And I don't like being fucked with. Galtier, Babitha, and Blep. You guys find yourself being led down this semi-clean hallway. There's there's like stands with potted plants and things, but they're not in particularly healthy states, these plants. Some of them are, are withering and dying, but it looks like they try to keep this place looking semi-professional. And this, this short woman with the graying hair is leading you down the hallway. All right, well... There she is right there. Go ahead and take care of your business. Make sure you check out on your way out. I got to know you're gone so we can lock up the building. And she shows you guys to a door at the end of this hallway. Uh, just looks like a normal door, and it's actually a door not boarded up. Entering this room on the other side, you see what is easily the nicest room that you've seen so far in Kresha. There is like bookshelves with books there are uh there's a nice desk in the very middle of the room and this really almost lush carpet in the entirety of this room there's small like meeting table off to the right with a few extra table or extra chairs that are leather and everything in here looks pretty nice and on this chair behind the desk facing you guys as you walk in um you see a a female dwarf sitting at the table and she has this like ragged bowler hat on top of her head and it's got like a band around it like this this red band that goes around it and she gestures you guys in well, i heard you guys came for the king business with the king i'm all about business with the king so let's hear it what do you got oh yes you know, of you're course. lucky that uh, you caught me I was... I was just on my way out oh well uh a very lucky day for us indeed i as you may know, Gautier Desjamot here and my associate, uh, Miss Babitha Burbage. Uh, Charmed. Yeah, the King Actor sent us here. Uh, yeah, name Sherrington. Royal mission. Yeah. Pleasure. Absolutely. Can I get we you a drink? Tales of Your Grace. Oh, I would absolutely love one. Uh, I wasn't expecting that response. Um, I do prefer to indulge in the hospitality of my new friends. But of course, I would never want to put you out. I got some whiskey. I was just hoping that, you know, you would say no and I didn't have to share it. Okay, here we go. Uh, she pulls a flask out from her jacket. <laughs> it's a dusty road out there, man. We sure do appreciate you sharing your fine drink with yeah, well, us travelers and ourselves. And dusty and grimy and gross, if you ask me. I concur wholeheartedly. Now, we are on a, a Well, what brings a, you a here mission. to my beautiful, beautiful city of Crescia? Don't get a lot of you that outsiders is, coming around here. Yes, well, perhaps you've seen the uh, recent events in the night sky. The night was, sky? Uh, a, a meteor. What did you call it, Babathu? Meteor. Yeah, one of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, now, it Maybe I heard hit something the ground about and that. exploded. Yes, mm-hmm. well, it seems to have left behind uh, uh, some sort of uh, a magical stone. Uh, and, and we believe maybe related in some way to the, the specters that are walking around both here and, and if you haven't heard in Madrigal as well. We even saw a few down there on the road. Now you're telling me 
These specters are over in Madrigal, too? Oh, yes, ma'am. Ooh. And on the road in between as well. She pulls out a pencil and a piece of the piece of parchment. Hmm. I wasn't. <laughs> They're in Madrigal. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just trying to take us... some notes here. Just got to keep things on track. Oh, absolutely. Yes. We understand in these trying times. Yeah. Need all the help you can get. And that's why we're here, Mayor. So what you're telling Offer me is our that services these... to this... The specters are related to a meteor. Oh, that is our working theory at the moment, is it not, Babathu? Uh, I think Galtier looks progressively less confident the more they ask about magical phenomena. He's like, oh shit, this isn't just socializing. <laughs> Quite. In fact, we believe that there is a direct correlation. You see, soon after the meteorite entered our atmosphere, these uh, these phantasms, these uh, these little purple, pinky ether eaters, um, they... Uh, they seem to have uh, occurred specters. Uh, as is, uh, specters. Yes, they seem to have appeared all at the same time. Now, uh, there's a quite a bit, and I don't want to get into the details of it. It can be quite dense. But well, there's some conjuration magic going on. Then there's also this. Uh, there's some, well, maybe some monsters involved. We haven't entirely cleared that. I think either. what Baleth is trying to say is that this sphere of Atmo is uh, very delicate and important. Yes, quite. right, Babathu. Galtier, you, you look Galtier. down at this parchment. Quite. You look down at this parchment that she's taking notes on, and you just see "phantasm equals specter?" Question mark. Now, as you You're may not. be concerned with, there have been many names of phantasms, uh, ghosts, specters, echoes. Lots of uh, colloquialisms for describing the various phenomena that seem to be uh, perusing these fine streets. Uh, but we believe they are all from some similar source. And the king has tasked us with attempting to uh, discover exactly what he is going on. She leans back in her chair and she, she strokes her beard on her little chubby chin face. And she's, she's, I'm not even taking it back. And she says, "Well, a chin face is her face. Yeah, just all it's a chin? big chin. Is she the op? And uh, does she have such a strong chin <laughs> that it's just she has no nose, no cheeks? It's, it's, one, it's, it's one of those just, upside down. She ones. is it just goes. It just goes hairline, lip line, and oh, the God. other eighty percent is chin." <laughs> So it's just like one of those videos so that everyone beard. thought was really funny back in you know 2006. The one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, she she strokes her chin on her beard, her beard face. I already forgot the order of words that I said, and uh, and she says, "Well," takes off her hat. Sounds like you guys need some help, and good lucky for you, old Mayor Sherrington's here to help. Well, that is quite lucky indeed. The king sent you on a very important very mission fortunate. that has to get taken care of. We can't just leave Absolutely. all these loose ends. These specters can do not. whatever the heck it is that they want. I think we all Absolutely. agree on that. Completely. Yeah, can, I, can I roll an inside check to see if this woman is competent at all? <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I have, this is 100% not the mayor. I have so little confidence that this is what is supposed to happen right now. <laughs> Ooh, not super great. I'm going to go ahead and use tactical assessment. When you make an intelligence or wisdom check, 
You can expend one superiority die and add it to your ability check, so I get to roll a d8. Oh, that's huge. Okay, so that makes it a 15. 15. You definitely don't feel like Mayor Sherrington is outright a competent mayor. However, <laughs> as Sherrington goes on with this explanation, you come to realize that perhaps she is more cunning than she leads on. So she's kind of drawing you down with this she's talk. She's already PRing this. With this she's, talk she's of sandbagging like, it. Yeah, oh, this is something that has to happen by order of the king. And, well, we wouldn't want you guys to fail on your mission. So here's what we're going to do. You're going to do Mayor Sherrington here a little crush in favor. That's what we call them around here. And I'll tell you what I know. One for one, tit well, for now, tat. It sounds very fair. I uh, think that would be... Oh, oh. Please, uh, before we agree to those terms, uh, you do have to disclose if what you know is nothing. <laughs> you have to tell me if you're a cop. <laughs> yes. If you, if, are you a cop? If you, you have to tell me and you can't arrest me for anything that you saw before you told me. Why don't I put it to you like this? I may or may not have some very valuable information for you in your king's quest. Okay, but do you? If you have valuable information, we are willing to trade. If you do uh, not, old, we are not willing to do a favor. The old question conundrum. How... You see, I lose a little bit yes, of my leverage yeah. if I give you a bunch of information, see? I see. I mean, alternatively, we could just go on without your information and pursue this on our own and report back to the king that you weren't helpful. Oh, dear. <laughs> and what's he going to do? He's going to send all of his oath knights, huh? To take care of a little bitty I mean, problem in Crescia? Well, <laughs> Don't make me you... laugh. Look, okay, no, no, no. Have... Uh, look, here's the thing. It's not a little bitty problem. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, Miss Burbage. I don't want to get us going on a. We don't need to be on bad terms here. Oh, I, I, I don't know even why you feel the need to say that. Of course, we're not on bad terms here. I'm just saying that we. Listen, I just need to know that you're not pulling our legs here. Well, now, now, hold on. We, we here. We have a, a flask of <clears throat> excellent uh, whiskey, and a couple of beautiful young ladies. Uh, perhaps we could come to an agreement, uh, Miss Mayor. I, we would be more than obliged to help you with whatever troubles the beautiful city of Crescent, uh, because of course it is one of the crown jewels here in the laurels of the Kingdom of Madrigal. And as a oath knight myself. Uh, I would be very happy to take care of any trouble that ails you. You just called Kresha a gem of the kingdom? Have you seen this place? Well, now, not every stone shines without a little Now, polish, I hate to though. interrupt you here, but okay, it sounds like we're on board here, so we've got a bit of a deal. You help me out a little bit, and I'll uh, give you some information. Great. What help do you need? I'm having a bit of a problem, see? It's hard for me as... The great Mayor Sherrington of Crescia to collect taxes on things that things that are kind of under the table, right? And looking around this great jewel of a town that we've got around here, you can see that we're kind of well, we're kind of we're kind of low on the funding, right? So we've been addressing a little problem with, that we've been having with some fencers, with some thieves that are. It's almost like they're making some sort of a. Uh, little underground kind of railroad, under-the-table kind of system going on, and then they're cheating me out of some money. Reprehensible. <laughs> Absolutely dreadful. I'm glad you agree. 
So here's what I want you to do. In exchange for a little bit of information about this, uh, she looks at her note, Meteor. I'm going to need you to get down to a little, uh, little speakeasy that we've got downtown, and I'm going to need you to uh, send him a little message. Oh, absolutely. What sort of a message would you like us to communicate? It's two of you and an adorable little frog. <laughs> I'm going to want to see the head of old Billiam hanging from the sign, and let that be a sign Ooh. to them. Now that is an awfully strong message there, Ms. Mayor. Well, you see, a little bit of a strong hand goes a long ways. I see. Now, you said this was the head of a Mr. Billiam? Yeah, Billiam. I see, I see. Billiam, down at the romp house. You'll, you can find the romp house. I do believe I know the way. These people have cheated me out of thousands of golden taxes. And they're taking it all themselves. We can't have that. Now, the king can't get his taxes if I don't get my taxes. And I can't fix my glorious gem of a city if I don't get those taxes in the first place. Well, that, uh, that does seem like a, a fair trade. A deal that we could make you to help your beautiful city. She sticks out her hand. Uh, Galtier puts his hand out immediately. Uh, and if, as you say, these are ne'er-do-wells, then the king's justice shall be swift. We've taken down a few of their people already. I think they were pretty darn close to, uh... <laughs> Really taking the head off of this beast, if you know what I mean. <laughs> now, do you know what old Billiam looks like? Uh, do you have a description? Or is that going to be kind of on us to find and verify? Well, see, so here's the thing about the intel that I have regarding Billy. Old Billingson. <laughs> yeah. I just know that he runs the romp house. So we just have to find out who runs the rump house and bring them to you, presumably. <laughs> oh, I have no interest in him. Duh. I have no interest in William whatsoever. I want to see his head hanging from the rump house sign. And if you I could make it, it, if you could make it in a way that kind of sends a message, all the better. Maybe make it inaccessible or uh, smear some blood or something. Just make it a little bit more vulgar. <laughs> Sure, sure, sure. Not a problem, not a problem. All right, well, we'll have to do it then. Thank you again for the drinks and the hospitality, Miss <laughs> Mayor. She uh, throws the flask at you as, not at you, she throws the flask to you as you, like, turn thick. <laughs> Fucking beans. That <laughs> bounces off your forehead. <laughs> Liza just turns to Thelma and is just like, you know... Just based off of the vibe of the city, I, I think the mayor seems like a really chill dude. Just like a really chill person. Like, really normal. Really, really stable in the in the, in the the head. You know? It's just, I get the vibe. <laughs> Goldier and Babitha and Bleb burst into the romp house. And upon seeing Liza, Babitha <laughs> immediately goes, I'm going to need three pounds of white clay, some gum Arabic, and the best paints that you've got available to you. Oh, what's going on here? I thought you were going to say, I need three white claws. And three white claws. <laughs> and, three white claws. <laughs> and you know what? We'll see what happens next time on Knuckle Bones. I trust this man with zero. Bones.